You're listening to King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men, men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings, and producing massive results in every area of life. Here is your host, Paul Cooley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of King's Code Radio. I have a little special treat for you uh, in this episode. If you are a man that is experiencing turmoil in your marriage, you'll definitely want to continue listening. Uh, what this is, I'm going to play a couple clips from a recent training we did inside of our, our behind closed doors event for our King's Armory uh, coaching clients. And this is for men who are wanting to rise up and who God has called them to be. Uh, but experiencing turmoil within their marriage. Uh, Their wife has emotionally checked out, physically left, filing for divorce, and so forth. Rough situation. And in a situation like this, it's so important for a man to understand what is going on spiritually, mentally, emotionally with his wife. Because if we were fully aware, uh, chances are we wouldn't be experiencing the situation. Uh, we got some blinders on. So uh, there's a couple questions that guys asked. You'll get to hear my wife's response to these things, and it should be eye-opening. Uh, so I'm going to play a couple clips for you, and then I'll catch you at the end. First and foremost, you guys, I think it's safe to say, all know our story. Uh, so after about 12, you know, it's probably around 12 years of a very, very not fun marriage, um, something finally snapped. And Christy left. And uh, as we kind of talked about in, in part one, uh, you know, there was, there was a mental breakdown that took place here. There was a lot of things spiritually, emotionally, physically, all these different things that had taken place. And she was done. Uh, as she stated in part one, there was no, not even a thought of coming back into the picture. She was done. And so, as you know, um, as, as you guys are, many of you are facing right now, uh, the reality check phase crept in hard and fast, where all of a sudden you guys start seeing things very differently. Um, you start seeing uh, potential air in your ways. Maybe you've taken your wife for granted. Maybe uh, you recognize areas that you have been showing up incorrectly as a man, as a husband, as a father. All these things start to take place. Um, but now you've come to the place of realizing this, but now it is too late. And your wife's saying, hey, you know, this is this is where you start hearing, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. We're done. It's your fault. It, you know, this, this we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And you start hearing things like this. And it can all be very, very painful. And then for some, you guys are also facing a step beyond that, where now you know your wife is with somebody else. And that adds a whole other level of pain to the situation. But yet, because you're here, uh, you have said, I am going to still fight. Um, And I've had multiple conversations even today on this very topic of, are you willing, there you go, good job, Brian, are you willing to continue to fight? Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to walk in forgiveness now uh, rather than wait? There's a lot of conversations to be had here. But... We, like, I, I still, here it is five years later, and, and really this call right here should not be happening. Uh, I mean, if it just shouldn't. And it really proves the point that we serve the God of the impossibles and too late. And all throughout the Bible where, it's, where, where there's stories about it's too late, and then God shows up. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was saying uh, it's too late. <laughs> so... We serve the God of the impossibles and too late. It's not over yet. And so, as you know, I am of the mind, it is not over until God says it's over. 
and and that is a, a, a belief you got to hold on to with everything you've got because this situation you find yourself in does not change who God is. It just doesn't. And this is going to be an opportunity to grow like you've never grown before. And so I, even just being here inside the group on this call tonight, watch the recording, whatever it may be, um, you guys are the very few that are willing to fight because you know what you've been told by other people. Man, leave her. You're better off without her. Find someone else. What are you doing? You hear everything. But you are willing to be the few that choose to answer the call and fight when other people won't. And I truly believe God looks at that and honors a man that's willing to, to do that. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to dive into some questions that have already been submitted. Uh, and you guys can feel free then to ask uh, whatever questions you want, and we will uh, really dive in. And again, this call is for you. So, anything you want to say before we dive in? I think just kind of going off of what you were stating where it's like... <clears throat> um, I heard this the other day and it just kind of resonated because dealing with kids and stuff like that where God will not bend somebody's will. Like, we're going to do what we're going to do. She's going to do what she's going to do. And so no matter what your situation turns into be, like, God's got it and God's going to honor you guys if you do what he's called you to do. Whether she turns around whether she listens whether she obeys it's that's on her but if you guys wholeheartedly are doing what god's called you to do whether she comes back or not like bravo for you guys because that's obedience and that's surrender and that is a beautiful thing that god's gonna honor um and even though it may not look or turn out the way that we hope for and pray for like God is still God and he's still working and he's still beautiful and he's still amazing and he still loves you. And so, um, yeah, that's, if that makes sense. Very good. You know, I, I will say on, on just that note, even with Christy saying this, like uh, it, it, every time we do something like this, I'm just reminded of, of, we really do serve the God of miracles. Um, it, it, in so many ways. So we will, <laughs> We'll dive into the questions. So, number first question, uh, and this is in no particular order at all. Uh, one question submitted uh, was asked: From all that you have learned through your recovery of your marriage, as well as what you have seen here, what is the most common and biggest mistake that you see that we as men do that causes our wives to want to give up or leave? Selfishness. Okay. So when I say that, I am saying that in the sense of humanity and like all together. Women are selfish, men are selfish, we're all selfish. But I think that there's a lot of standards and cultures. Can you bring up that sheet, please? Again? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Thanks. Um, we want what we want. And coming from both sides of the marriage, we want what we want. Um, when there's a lack of consideration of serving, of kindness, of love, of patience, especially for women, because women think with everything, we feel with every being, every part of us, it's, it's connected. Our emotions, our thoughts, our senses, it's really bizarre, but like we are wired completely. So there could be a smell that reminds us of a situation, whether good or bad. There could be a, a touch, a feeling um, something that we see that connects everything, whether it's good or bad. And so 
um, we are we work that way and so when a man is selfish and not patient and understanding and loving to his wife because he wants what he wants um, and it could go I mean you can go into how people are raised and wounds and trauma and situations and all kinds of things the spin cycles that we get into in marriages like um, that selfishness of I deserve I I you know you owe me something I think is the one of the biggest hindrances is, in marriage because we're, we're here and we're put together to serve each other a hundred percent not fifty percent not one person doing fifty not the other person doing fifty it's a hundred and a hundred and I think that a lot of times when um, we get so wrapped up in our routines and we got kids and we got work and you know I do this so you owe me that then it's like a lot of a lot of damage is done if we're not taking into consideration the sacrifice that we're all making that you're both making to be committed into that relationship which is a part two to the question so uh part two is how do we fix that and i think you know and you can answer this as well when when you're in this reality check phase which many of you are um i think everything gets amplified and you may start seeing just how self-centered you you have been in certain areas uh, or, or how blind you may have been to certain areas. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys I talk to say things like, well, I, just, I didn't know it was this bad, you know, uh, and it's not as bad as so-and-so. And, 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 and that's how we've measured things. And so we continue to look at what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me. And, and really, it does affect how we treat our wife because that self-centeredness is the exact opposite of what the Bible says of love your wife as Christ loved the church. Well, Jesus laid down his life, you know? And I think that's one of those things where we start getting self-centered, which is pride, which is the original thing. I mean, that's how Lucifer fell, right? And so we've got to be quick to crucify our flesh and and really put a, keep a knife to the flesh because that pride, that self-centeredness will prevent you from having a successful marriage and will prevent you from winning back your wife. And, and I've had this conversation, too, with guys even just this week, as far as, you know, the self-centeredness. Combine that with the hurt and the pain and everything else in between that you're feeling right now. How many times you want your wife back, you long for your wife, and then you have an encounter with your wife and you blow up. Yeah, see, there's some smiles there, see? It's... It's, it's happened and it continues to happen. And I, I've had guys go, I can't believe I said these things to her. And, and this is the stuff we got to be careful of. And this is why we focus so much inside the group of, of really being, being on our A game and, and making sure that we are walking and continuing to pursue forgiveness and wholeness. Because if we're not, we will mess that up and sabotage that thing every time. What was the most specific thing that your husband did that impacted your decision to come back home? Honestly, there was not one specific thing where it was like, aha, I love this man and I'm gonna like, it's like gonna be a Cinderella story and blah, blah, blah. There was nothing like that. There was a few things that um, he actually did that I was kind of like, I look back and go, what were you thinking? Like, why would you do that? But it's not in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't like a make it or break it type of deal for me. Um, and so it was just a, it was a progress. It was a progression. It was a growth. It was healing. It was prayer. It was all these little things. And I think I said it, and I'm going to, there's, you know, another part of this that I'm going to jump ahead to where it's like, 
um, you guys are just at the beginning. Like, I, I'll put it this way. If your wife comes back, whether it's um, she she says she's done, she's tired, she you get separated, whatever, or she has an affair or whatever she's doing, if she comes back, that's the beginning. Like, this is easy. This, this is... This part is easy. I know it doesn't seem like it. it could be like, oh my gosh, my world's falling apart. But this part's easy. When you have to face each other and live each with each other and reconcile and, and have those hard conversations and that healing and that prayer and that process and the, the memories and the the triggers, it's hard. It, it, is, it is hard. And so it's not one thing that was like, oh, you know, he it made it all good and perfect, but it would, it took time and he didn't give up. And so that was the biggest thing where it's like, he didn't give up. He pursued and he prayed. And I'm telling you that prayer between him and family and church friends and stuff like that, like that's the only reason that we were standing here today because there was no, I wasn't coming back. I was, I was, I was done. So if she says she's done, I want you guys to remember like with God that nothing is impossible because I was her, I was there, and I made those decisions to make it happen, and I'm standing here today. What would you say to a woman that, that is, is doing the things that, that, I mean, basically you were doing back then, what would you say to a woman that's saying, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, there's no chance, but maybe my, now my husband's pursuing, what do you say to a woman in that scenario? I would tell her I'm sorry, because there's so much behind the scenes that are going on in her that there's a brokenness that she has within herself that I you can't fix. You can't fix it. And if you when you talk to somebody like that, there's trauma, there's pain, there's um, unworthiness, there's brokenness, there's, you know, it, it, she's hurting. There's a lot of hurt. And so taking it from a woman's perspective or taking it from uh, a sister in Christ that God had this daughter of Christ where she is in so much pain that she's willing to leave her husband. She's willing to leave her kids and have to face those things. She's hurting. I'm telling you right now, your wife is hurting and she might be angry. She might be covering it up with all the stuff, but her heart is broken. And I'm not saying that is one particular thing or it's not something specific that you've done or said, but she's hurting. And you have to remember that if you step back and look out of it, it like if it wasn't your wife and it wasn't, you know, somebody that you have these conflicts with, if it was your mom, if it was your sister, if it was, you know, a good friend, like they're hurting. Well, how would you treat that person if they were hurting? And so I would... And I would go about it that in that sense, not, well, you should be back with your husband. And it, it, no, like, what do you need? What do you want prayer for? Like, how can I help you heal from this? How can God, like, how can I be praying for you? Those kind of things. And I know, I know it's, we as men, we like to fix things and we want a three-step program and do these three steps, check it off, be done. Um, but, you know, it, it's not, it's really not about that. It, there is no one single thing. And this is why, uh, I know it's the unpopular <laughs> opinion here, but I equate th this whole marriage working out and her coming back and having a marriage like we've never had before, I really equate that to two primary things. And this is why we stress it so hard inside the King's Code is number one, 
It was the warfare, was knowing how to go to war against the enemy of her soul. Yeah. Because the enemy had a grip. And the second one was implementing the frameworks that God had told me to implement. It doesn't matter how, what she thinks of them. It's if, I, if God's telling me to do it, i got to do it. It's an obedience factor now. And it's those two things that, and, and go figure, these are the two primary struggles. A lot of, a lot of people, I don't know if I hear God or not. Oh, in churches, oh, God doesn't talk today. And then you got that whole factor. And then churches don't talk about spiritual warfare and going to war against the enemy, which is nuts too. But so you think you're not getting equipped in most churches. And I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at the church, but that's, just, that's the reality of it. And I, I praise God that we were a part of a church that actually taught how to war, how to go to war. So I had that in my back pocket, so I didn't have to learn that going into it. I already knew, which was a huge advantage. And that's why we stress that so much in here, because the world, the enemy had his grips in my wife. Straight up. See, she's, she's agreeing. And so when, when there is a, a wounded individual, man or woman, and, and, and these wounds, these hurts, these pains that have stacked on top of each other, when they're not properly addressed and they're shoved under the rug and, you know, not addressed, it is an opportunity for the enemy to start creeping in and, and, and cause division and scratch on the hurt and pain more and then start whispering those lies and, and it leads to deception and all that other stuff. So this is why we, we push so hard in this. All right, guys, I wish I could play more, but it just wouldn't be fair uh, because this is definitely a behind the closed doors paid event for our coaching clients. But if you find yourself in a situation like this, I hope at the very least now you realize that there is a whole lot going on inside your wife's head. Um, and it's it's not just one key thing you got to do. And I hope you understand that everybody's situation is different. And you gotta know what your battle strategy is going into this. This is not a time to hope and guess. This is not a time to try to figure it out on your own because time is of the essence right now and it is game time like never before. If you find yourself in this kind of situation, I do want to invite you uh, to explore the King's Armory. This is a program under the King's Code uh, where again, 12 week coaching program designed for men going through a very hard time in their marriage, but yet wanting to rise up in who God's called them to be and fight for their marriage like never before. If that's you, I want you to invite you uh, to explore that and jump on a call with me and we can see if that is your next best move. Uh, you can get to us a couple different ways. You can visit us at thekingscode.com and you can also check out a free training webinar that I do uh, at winbackyourwife.com. All right, guys, until next time, God bless and we'll see you in the next episode.